Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. And you guys, I'm super excited because today we have a special guest, DJ Tony D. What's up, Tony? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hell, man, man. Thank you for being here. Of course, of course. Uh, so you are on the uh, the video production side of wrestling. Is that right? That is correct. Um, so the DJ in my name comes from... Uh, I mean, I've had my socials. They've been the same for probably a decade, maybe more now. But um, it's because I used to DJ for uh, about like 10 years, maybe 10 plus years. And then uh, that kind of took a back burner to film around once I got into college. Uh, and then I've just been, you know, I've always been a wrestling fan all my life. So that's what I started, to, you know, applying it to, to like, mix the two together that's incredible man like you took uh one passion and you kind of kind of combine it with another passion yeah right exactly uh i thought i wanted i mean i did take film in in like high school and uh but ultimately i went to college to be like an audio engineer but the program that i was doing kind of covered a like everything media wise so you know i i started to you know, get into the audio side of things, wasn't really feeling it and then switched over to film. And then that's when I start, that's when the quality of wrestling just started to pick up. Mm, yeah. And the the VODs like, and then streaming and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, like, that was around the time, like Lucha Underground was big. I started seeing, you know, like more people doing like high packages and stuff. And I was just like, well, there's like a market for this. Like I can do this, you know? So that's why I'm, why I'm here. Wow, that's incredible. That is super awesome. Um, when you when you first started getting into the video production side of it, like were you a little bit intimidated by it or did you take to it pretty quickly? Was it something exciting for you? I mean, uh yeah, I mean, even to this day, you know, I've been doing this for like October makes five years now. And uh you know, I still get nervous sometimes, you know, depending on the show, you know, like when they do like the big countdown to a show and I'm kind of just, you know, like pacing around the ring, doing my thing, getting myself like mentally hyped, getting ready for it. Um, but, you know, at the beginning for sure, you know, being so uh, young and seeing all these like you know, veterans doing their thing out there, worried about, you know, people big leaguing me or like looking at like, you know, who's this guy? And, you know, just you know, not really giving me the time of day or giving me the chance to, you know, step up and do my thing. But thankfully I've never really had that problem. And I, I must, you know, I must be good at something because everybody, you know, who's ever, you know, worked next to me uh, at a ringside or, you know, my peers that I look up to who have ever watched my videos have had nothing but, uh, you know, good things to say. Yeah. Yeah. You are breaking up a little bit. Uh, I can still understand you though, but just FYI, breaking up a little bit um that's super cool though uh the reason why you are on my radar was because so i am newly so i've been following gcw and all these different things all these independent companies online uh but i am newly um kind of watching gcw just because uh the the whole fight plus situation right they're on fight plus now and i was able to get that and i'm watching them and your name comes a lot comes up a lot on there and then more recently uh ava everett actually made a promo where uh, she's a WXW women's world champion. And she called out 
uh, Delmi Exo, the MLW featherweight champion. And I watched this video where she's calling her out. And then the, she, the next tweet that she does is she credits you for, uh, for putting that together. Yeah. So uh, I've known Ava for God. I mean, I, I started getting into independence back in 2017. So like very, very far back, like around then, like before she was even wrestling and uh you know i'm from i'm based out of massachusetts uh she was originally based out of massachusetts but she's a world traveler now but um during her time back here uh like she, she would have um you know some promos to do i did shoot another one with her before that where she was defending the i think it was the first defense in the states um she was defending the WXW title against Killer Kelly at Limitless Wrestling in Maine. And I shot a video for that too. And that one went over well. And I think that ended up on the WXW pages as wow. well. And then this one most recently uh, for Delmi Exo at MLW. And then I saw that that ended up on you know her page as well as MLWs, as well as Fight TVs, as well as uh, I think WXW as well. So it, it's cool that, you know, now I'm finally on you know, those radars, um, which I don't think I ever was uh, prior, you know, through this connection with Ava. And, you know, Ava's great. Some of my favorite promos to shoot, you know, very uh, super easy to work with. And one of like, like very talented and like one of the best like journeys I've seen, like, come up. like I've literally basically seen it from the beginning up until now. And it's like, you know, she's doing lots of great things right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that one promo got me excited for the match, you know. And, like, you're, you're right, though. You said you know her since she – I mean, you've been there since before she was a wrestler, and now she went to Germany. She got a women's world title, and she brought it back to the U.S. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, she kicks ass. I love it. I love oh, seeing yeah. the progression. How did, you, uh, how did you get started with GCW? So – I went to the 2019 collective, which was WrestleMania 35 weekend, I believe, in New York. And it was so close to me that, you know, I I drove out to it. Like, I had thought about flying out to years prior, Orleans or Orlando or something like that. But I, I was still young. And... uh but New York was close enough to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll drive. And then uh, me and a buddy went out there, and those were technically like our first GCW shows. Spring Break 3 was my first spring break. Um, I've been at every single one since. Um, you know, uh, Bloodsport, all that stuff. So, And then that year, another buddy of ours, uh, named Corey, he went, uh, I remember I was sitting in class like in college, and he was just like, uh, hey, dude, would you want to go to TOS 4? And I was just like, yeah, that would sound awesome. And he was like, okay, cool, because I got us three tickets. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, okay, cool, I guess I'm going. <laughs> so uh, TO- yeah, TOS 4, which was the June of 2019, I believe, was like my first like non-collective GCW show, and it was at the showboat in the carousel room. And then it I'm going to was- stop you for a second, but uh, those TOS shows are insane, too. The TOS is my favorite. I mean, it, it's so funny because I was like, I grew up on WWE stuff and I remember I would stumble upon 
you know, like CZW highlights on Facebook and, you know, see that shit. And it would like kind of like gross me out when I was a younger kid. And now it's like I grow up and it's just like, you know, deathmatch is like, you know, my bread and butter now. It's my favorite stuff to witness live, my favorite stuff to film, uh, my favorite videos to make. Um, but every year, you know, uh, you know, with the inclusions of people like John Moxley and Matt Cardona and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Nick Gage being on AEW, there's a lot more casual fans coming in, um, especially for shows like Homecoming or Fight Club. But TOS is where I feel like all the diehards kind of come home at like one time because it's one day, eight person, or in this this year, 12 person deathmatch tournament. You know, it's just all deathmatch, all violence, you know, the whole way through. And it's always a, it's always a blast. It really just like you know, it revs you up. It gets you going. I love yeah, TOS. Definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was my first show, and then I just kind of kept consistently going to GCW as much as I could when it was in the area. And it was it was kind of like okay, I made it to the Atlantic City once. I can keep going. I remember I went to run uh run Ricky run. I went to, and then the pandemic happened. And they were kind of one of the first ones. I went to Indianapolis for um, that their first show in the park. Oh yeah, I that was a to, that was a really good show. Yeah, that was the first show that I flew to for wrestling. And in my head, I'm like, am I really gonna you know like fly to Indianapolis you know just to watch some wrestling? But it's like nothing was going on you know for like four months or whatever. And I was just like, you know, as long as I you know do what I can to protect myself, you know, I'll you know, I'll go out, you know, give yeah. me something to do, it was, have some probably fun. the time when, uh, when airlines were begging people to fly, too. Yeah, everything was cheap back then. Point. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I was taking $30 flights to Orlando, <laughs> you know, yeah. during that time, you know. It was ridiculous. Um, oddly enough, uh, I, I feel like I flew my most in 2020 or, like, during the pandemic, but that's because it was, you know, convenient, you know, price-wise. But you look at my, uh, you know, my CVS app and it was, you know, COVID tests up the ass, you know, like. A, a that's bunch, not where you're supposed you know, to because... take them. No. <laughs> that's not where you're supposed to take them. It's in the oh, nostril, oh. up the nostril, not up the ass. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <No>. kidding. <laughs> I got you. But uh, no, I like, you know, I did what I could, you know, I always, you know, wearing my mask, you know, taking the test, you know, doing everything. If. if if it wasn't for that time period, I don't think I would be where I was today because that was when I was just consistently showing face everywhere. Cause really the only people running were the deathmatch promotions. So yeah. it's like GCW is running here. All right. I'll be there. ICW is running in Florida. I'll be there. No piece is running. I'll be there. You know, it was so cheap and so, you know, easy to get there. You know, I was there and then people would like, you know, point me out on TV like, Hey, I see Tony D on the stream. You know, like, Oh wow. I was just, I was just kind of like, you know, everywhere. And, I probably see uh, you in a few of those streams too without realizing it. Yeah, right. So uh to answer your question, because I kind of went the scenic route, but basically just showing face as a fan, like a dedicated fan for so long, because especially throughout the pandemic, you know, like I was always with the same group of friends. I was always in the front row. I got to know the roster very well. I got to know the staff very well. I got to know, you know, everyone top to bottom, you know, production, refs, um, people who put the seats out, you know, people who take the tickets, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I basically knew everybody on the crew 
And so by the time, and I was also building up a resume locally um, in Massachusetts so that by the time I wanted to finally be like, hey, could I, you know, shoot this show? You know, I already had a resume built up and they knew that I was a good, you know, a good guy. So they were just like, yeah, we'll, we'll do your thing. And then they would see how it came out after and they would be like, oh, wow, this is, you know, actually good. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got there. Hell yeah, man. That's hella dope. That's hella dope. Uh, did you, do you have any like really fun moments um, on your way to building that resume and portfolio? Like, did you, uh, was there any like super fun shows that you filmed on, on this, in the uh, local scene? Um, so the, the first uh, promotion that I was a regular for was, um, it was a place called Wrestle Party based out of Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> that's it a cool that, name. Uh, I never heard of it, but that's a cool name. Yeah, it was just like really like, you know, it was at this thing called the Black Box Theater in downtown. And you'd have like, it was half wrestling fans, half just like college kids coming off the street that didn't know what the hell was going on. And so it was kind of just like wrestling mashed with like improv. So like from month to month, you could see the same wrestlers come in, but sometimes they might be playing a different character. And okay, okay. They would ha- and they would have like ridiculous stuff like... Um, I, well, they used to have a live band there, I remember. And it's like, they would have things like, uh, pretzel death matches or like, uh, which is, you know, just pretzels everywhere. And then they would have like, uh, this thing called, uh, like a, uh, like choose your fantasy match where two wrestlers would go at it in these like fantasy gimmicks. And then they would about to hit a move and then they would pause mid move and the lights would go down and then the ring announcer would go, should he, a do this or b do this and the crowd would yell out the answer and then they would unpause and then they would do whatever the crowd says and it was just it was just super fun and uh it 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 stopped during the pandemic but if they came back i would run back there in a heartbeat but um i remember that one time the tag team the main event uh came through there and one of the video guys at uh house of glory his name's david he saw that video and he reached out to me saying like hey i saw you know uh your video through you know main event you know i work with them at house of glory and then through him he kind of got me opportunities at uh wwn a couple of times like i got to shoot uh an evolve show that was in melrose vault Melrose, Massachusetts, I think. Nice. Melrose um, Ballroom. Yeah, I, I, that's a place. I was gonna say Melrose Ballroom, but but that's in New York City. But I know oh, okay, I know okay. Melrose is in the yeah yeah. So I think it was Melrose, nice. Massachusetts. But um, nice. I got an evolve opportunity through him. Wow, evolve. That, that was a pretty um, big deal for Indies. That he was actually part. Yeah, he was he was actually a big reason why you know I started getting in good with GCW too because before I would shoot full shows, I would just shoot matches for certain people. And I remember, okay. yeah, like they would uh, hire was, you to film their match or whatever. Yeah. So it was November, 2020, um, during Nick Gage invitational weekend. And I remember I brought my gear with me, but I wasn't planning on doing anything. And he called me up mid drive and he was just like, yo, do you have your stuff with you? And I'm like, yeah, why? He was like, I'm shooting, uh, like a mini doc for Leo rush. And I need like a second camera operator. And he's just like, I don't do ringside, but I know that's your thing. Would you mind like doing that? And I was like, yeah, of course. He was like, as long as you get the okay from Brett. And then he was like, he did. So through that, I uh, got to form a 
a good relationship with Rush and, you know, they saw the product that, you know, I got to film from that. And then they like basically anytime after that, I was like, hey, can I shoot this person's match? Can I shoot that person's match? They were like, yeah, sure. And then matches turned into multiple matches and then multiple matches turned into whole shows. And then, you know, by now I've done like three collective weekends in three different states. Which wow, is that's incredible. Uh, what was this Leo Rush documentary? Did that come out? It, what, what's it called? Is it available anywhere? Um, yes, it was. Uh, I mean, my, my stuff is featured in it. It's on. Uh, I don't remember the name of it because that was like three years ago but it's on yeah. uh david it's on david's vimeo is uh okay. david david velasaka is his full name he has like a lot of his uh stuff yeah i also um shot some stuff uh with him for a for bandito versus gringo loco at uh the last melrose barroom show for gcw as well nice. so uh waiting to hear on that as well but yeah he's a he's a great friend he's a great uh you know uh he's he's a great talent in in the world of wrestling media and just media in general and uh you know he's one of those like you know lucky blessings that i've gotten you know on this long list of opportunities through you know the road to getting where i am today yeah and that's fantastic you know you started off with the local indian you know, bigger feds saw your your tape and they're like, yeah. "Let's do some work." So you got some, you got some more work, and you've yeah. been blown up ever since then. Right. Um, there's um, two well, names. What's that? I was just gonna say one more thing, real quick. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I just, I just, I, I just remember something. I didn't want to leave it out. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the first big show that I really got to shoot was um, probably Beyond Wrestling's American Run of Nineteen. Um, up until then, I think it's th- that's their biggest show of the year. Happens in the summertime. Up until then, that's their that was i think their biggest show that they ever ran it was in it was at foxwoods it was at foxwoods and i remember i at the time i was still in college so i was doing it for a school project i was doing the music video for a school project and i had just got a new camera because at the time i was just renting school equipment and i'm like okay i'm gonna graduate soon so i need to get my own equipment and that was the first major show i shot with that equipment and nice. you know on that on that show you know was the likes of you know uh santana and ortiz rock and roll express bear country uh john morrison chris statlander orange cassidy john silver and alex reynolds like uh, tom lawler nick gage you know like uh, there was a bunch of people on that show. like looking back at that you know that was 2019 you know, it's just like a who's who of like, you know, who you see on your television screen these days. And to know that, like, you know, I got to shot them. I mean, I got to shoot them like even, I mean, probably multiple times for most of those people. But even if that was just like a one time, you know, like I could say I did that. And, you know, that was pretty cool on the, and that was before I was doing like, you know, GCW. So wow. you know, that was a, a very big show for me on, on the road. It sounds like uh, you're at this beyond show and you're just like, wait a minute, I'm living my dream. Yeah, like for real, you know, like there are times during certain, you know, shows or matches or whatever, where like, I'm actually, you know, behind the camera, I'm like trying to hold back tears because I'm like, I can't believe this is happening, right? That's incredible, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I bet, I bet you've seen so many incredible matches and so many great things. Uh, but there's two names in particular that I want to talk to you about, especially because you mentioned, uh, documentary work and that's Will Ospreay and Nick Wayne. Mm, yes. Uh, I, you know, tell us 
what you feel about that before we really get into it. So um, I had done some mini docs in the past. Um, the I had done one for Ashley Vox back in college uh, as a project that went over very well. Um, for the record, I got an A on it. And uh, nice. that, then that's how I got in touch with um, Limitless Wrestling. And my first project over there, also in the summer of 2019, was to do a documentary about the Buffalo Boys um, post-car accident because it was uh, some of their first shows since then. That was Kevin Blackwood, uh, Kevin Bennett, and Daniel Garcia. And okay, okay. in there even, in there even features like a, a testimonial interview with uh, the blade at the time. Uh, but after that, I hadn't really done many of the mini docs. And then I knew that Will Ospreay was Nick Wayne's dream match and how big it was. And I knew somebody like nobody had asked me anything and I knew somebody had to cover that. I'm like, like somebody oh, should is- document this. Right. I'm like, this is big. You know, like I could do what I normally do, but it's like, I feel like, you know, just, you know, just for, for Nick alone and his mother, you know, like I wanted them to have something that was, you know, that they could, you know, cherish forever, basically, that they could look back on like very fondly, especially since, you know, uh, how quick, you know, the trajectory of his career is moving. Yeah. And he's 16 years old at this time. You know, so imagine 26, 30, 35 years old, he'll look back at that. Oh, my God, exactly. And it's like, you know, who knows, you know, how many more matches he's going to have with Will, you know, between now and then. And then they can always look back and be like, you know, this was the yeah. first one. This is how it looked like. But, you know, I just really wanted to do something uh, nice for Nick, but that also, you know, the people, you know, something tasteful and of quality that the people would enjoy too. And so many people were like, talk like, oh, you know, Tony D is doing mini docs now. And it's just like, yeah, um, I was so excited about it that I remember I posted it like the next day. And, you know, that was another thing. Like if I'm really into something, you know, I'll get on it like right away. I remember that show was on like I think June 19th and it was out by the afternoon on the 20th. And um, yeah, just like all that extra, you know, stuff like the, the pre-match, the post-match, uh, with everyone in the back, the statement from him, you know, it was, uh, you know, even me just like making it, it was a uh, emotional experience all around. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know what? I saw that video on your, on your Twitter a few days ago and it was, I was just enthralled by it. It was really good. It's, it's a quick watch, you know, it's, it's like eight minutes something like that. It's really fun. But like you doc, you document uh, Nick Wayne's feelings uh, before the match and there's some clips of the match, and then you document some feelings after the match, and it was just—it's incredible. I love that. I love that very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, how about that match for you, man? Because uh, you know what? It's—it's it's impossible to say, "Oh, this is the best match ever," but that match was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my entire life. That was definitely up there. You know, at the time, and even looking back at it like a year later, as one of the best matches I've ever witnessed live. I mean, I never. I had never uh, shot Osprey before. I had never, I mean, I haven't since. So even if that's the one, you know, I'm glad that I can say I did it once. But, uh, you know, he was somebody that I was, you know, just like Nick, you know, watching for years, you know, since, uh, you know, Best of the Super Juniors with Ricochet. And, you know, just 
you know, watching him grow into the wrestler that he is today and, you know, just being so uh, impressive in the process and the match that they were able to put together, you know, like the chemistry they had for working together for the very first time was insane. And you can definitely see the, uh, the uh, influences from Will in Nick's style. And uh, it all, it all just came together very well. The crowd was hot for all of it. And, you know, what they put together was uh, magic. And you know what I loved? Like one of my favorite parts about that match was at the end when uh, Will Ospreay is just, just blown away by the GCW fan base. Yeah, for real. I mean, that crowd, I mean, there was at least that show, there was at least maybe four matches on there that were like match of the year candidates for me personally. And, uh, you know, the crowd was just there for like the whole thing. I mean, when he got announced, which was one of the, if not the first announcements, but uh, when he got announced, it's like, you know, sold out, you know, like almost instantly after that. Yeah. And, yeah, I bet. You know, you, you know, you have people coming from, you know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, New York, New Jersey, Philly, like everywhere around the Northeast, you know, just to either experience GCW for the first time and or, you know, specifically see that match. It's crazy that they were able to, you know, bring him in, put that together for Nick. And, uh, you know, I mean, being biased, you know, being so close to my house, you know, that was like a... 30, 35 minute drive, oh, wow. you know, to see, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Gage, Nick Wayne versus Will Ospreay, you know, like that's, you know, insane to think about too. It's just like, I can't believe that something this good is happening, you know, this close to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so I know your camera, uh, cannot see into the future. So, you know, put your wrestling fan cap on here. Uh, it's heavily <laughs> suggested that Nick Wayne is on his way to being all elite. Uh, what do you see in the future of that kid? Future for Nick Wayne? Yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, sky's the limit for Nick Wayne. I mean, I, I genuinely believe he's going to be a future world champion for AEW. Um, same way I feel about Billy Starks. Billy's going to be a future um, TBS uh, women's world champion, if not both, uh, agree, multiple yeah, times definitely. over. Both of them. But, but you know, the the stuff that Nick has shown for his age and the things that he's done, the, the, the countries he's traveled already just like at this age is like insanely impressive. Like he's very likable. He's very good in the ring. And, you know, he's already got history with, you know, a lot of people that are even there, you know, his history with, uh, you know, Darby being trained by his dad and, you know, his history with the uh, swerve at like places like, uh, with, uh, Defy, Defy and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's very uh, poetic that that could be his first match uh, come July 12th. And uh, two days after his birthday, two days after our birthday, actually, we actually share the same birthday. Oh, nice. On uh, July 10th. So, um, yeah. So uh, he's, he's going to be wrestling at the uh, JCW big ass extreme birthday bash on July 9th, Sunday, July 9th. And so that's kind of like uh, the celebration of, uh, well, uh, Orange Crush, the guy behind it, uh, Adam, that's his birthday. And then me and Nick's birthday are on the 10th. So it's kind of just like a big ball of celebration all at once, which is uh, 
you know, I get, as long as they keep doing it, this is the second year now. It always gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can celebrate your birthday too at the same time, like you said. <laughs> yeah. It's right, exactly. funny. Uh, what I think is ironic is you said, uh, Nick Wayne has wrestled in multiple countries and it's true. I'm sure he has. Uh, but he's not allowed to wrestle in New York because <laughs> he's not 18 yet. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. He's finally going to, uh, get the opportunity to, though, um, this coming, uh, trip to, uh, July 14th. Yeah. I'm excited because we have a big uh, tag match with the tag team champions. Yeah. Um, amazing red. And I don't remember the other guy's name, but the guys from Hall. Brian from, XL. Uh, Hall was it? Brian XL. Yeah. There we go. Brian XL. Yeah. Cause they're the tag team champions from House of Glory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. What a first time opportunity for him too. You know, like first match in New York, he's gonna face Brent. That's insane. You know? Yeah, I know that is. And you know, the the little promo that they had um like a month or so ago to build this match up, I really enjoyed it when you know they, they're like, There's no competition and those guys came out and they just beat him up and took the belts. Right. I mean, yeah. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I kinda had a feeling that somebody was gonna come out, but like I didn't act, I didn't actually know who was coming out. Right. You know, right. Some, some, exactly. Sometimes the uh the the because I'm still a big fan at heart and the fan in me like likes to be surprised sometimes. So even if, uh, you know, I may like see somebody walking around or whatever, I'm like, Oh shit, they're here, but I don't want to know what they're doing. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could easily just go around and be like, Hey, why, why, why is this person here? But like, I'd, sometimes I'd rather just, you know, be surprised and like let the fan in me come out from behind the camera, which sometimes makes it hard for me to, you know, keep a steady shot. Cause I just want to like, you know, go nuts but uh and then i'm sure sometimes they have good, to tell you like what shot to get at what time you know like a specific thing they want like shot or something like that but yeah for the most part right just capture it as, as you see it right i mean what, what's crazy is like uh you know it's all action you know so you know it's weird that like i'm used to that more than you know like for example uh like wedding videography you know if you're shooting a, a, a ceremony you know, it's like a couple, you know, up at the, uh, the, uh, alt, what was it? Altar? Altar. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, you know, it's mostly them just, you know, standing there or talking, you know, uh, I mean, I had, uh, to connect it with wrestling. You know, that's what I did for the Cardona wedding when they did that at GCW homecoming last year. You know, it's oh, that was not good a lot too. Yeah. It's, it's not a lot of movement. It's just, you know, them talking, them standing there. And it's like, when you think about it, it's just like, oh, wow, this is, you know, like when when you shoot so much moving action, and when people tell you you're good at it, but and so it, it makes something like that, or even like you know filming a musician or something on a stage, right. or in my case, a comedy know. show. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh wow, you know, like you kind of get nervous if it's like unfamiliar territory, but then when you get into it, it's just like, if I can shoot, you know, like six guys flying around in a scramble, I can shoot, you know someone you know standing and talking or you know yeah you just gotta <laughs> set your camera up and go to sleep really you don't have to chase anybody down <laughs> yeah right i was doing a video production for for an indie company like 15 maybe even 20 years ago whatever and i was like i was just like um i was pulling cables so i was following the cameraman around with just a handful of cables and i would give him slack or roll it up as needed it was it was pretty wild yeah, we had to uh, learn stuff like that back in like my college days, especially in the audio classes. Just a lot of uh, setting up, breaking down speakers, yeah, cables. Yeah. I used to help like set the ring up and stuff too. That was a lot of fun. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. One time uh, cool. we were setting up, this is like 2005. One time we were setting oh, up wow. the ring. Uh, we were setting the ring up and everything. And uh, just, you know, five or six dudes just setting the ring up. It was, it was funny because they took me on because like you, the same thing with you. Like they liked me. I was there all the time. I was very nice. I, I knew everybody. And so they, I was the only person that wasn't like a trainee that was like mm. doing this. And, um, you know, doors aren't open for a few more hours. People aren't even there yet, whatever. And Sandman walks in the door. And oh, he literally walked up to, because we're just a bunch of nobodies, you know. He walked up to each and every one of us. He's like, hi, Sandman. Hi, Sandman. Hi, Sandman. And he shook all of our hands. And it was incredible. It was like, you know, it just, he went out of his way to say hello to us. And I thought that was like super nice. That's so awesome. That, that, uh, back when i was like first getting started like that would happen to me too like if i was like ever early you know for something and you know these people that i've never met before or like legends you know in their field and you know they're kind of just you know doing the same thing like still just saying hi to everybody introducing themselves to everybody um i remember one time i was at a limit of the show this might have been 2018 or 19 and uh victoria tara she was on like uh, kind of like a run of the Northeast at the time. And, uh, I had traveled to, uh, one of the shows with, uh, Layla Hirsch and she was a good friend of hers. So she saw Layla and she got all excited and she gave her like a big hug and all that stuff. And then she saw me because I was just like standing next to her. And then she did the same thing. She was like, Oh, so good to see you. And she just gave me a big hug. And I'm just like, I I don't know you, but that's <laughs> awesome. You know? like, I was like, that's awesome. You were like one of my favorite divas from the two thousands and here I am. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy when stuff like that happens. Similar yeah. story um, or just a full circle story. If I could tell real quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Survivor Series 2008 was in Boston, and they did a meet and greet at a Best Buy the night before, which <laughs> featured, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's November, so it's freezing cold out, and it was Mickey James, CM Punk, and Kofi Kingston, uh, who I believe were the women's champion and the tag team champions at the time. That I went sense. with my parents, I went with my parents and my grandparents, I'm like, I must be 10 years old at this time, and we had to take turns in and out of the car, because we were all, you know, just freezing standing there. And they all showed up uh, an hour late, but they didn't change the time of the, the meet and greet. So by the time they stopped, we were standing in the automatic door. And that's when security guy came up and said, sorry, we're not taking anybody anymore. Oh, wow. And like my dad was trying to fight it and he couldn't do anything about it. And I like, I was just like, all right, are we going home now? And, you know, I even hated Best Buy for like the longest time, but, uh, he was just like, Oh no, we're going to try to, you know, get in and see them and do something. So like my parents still did what they could to try to get me in there, but, um, it didn't end up working out, but fast forward, uh, years later. And this is one of those moments I was talking about where it's like, I'm holding back tears. I got to, you know, be right there shooting her. Uh, the entrance for Mickey James against the uh, alley catch at Joey Janela's spring break in Dallas last year. And, uh, and then I posted her entrance separately, like on Twitter, you know, just to show it off. And then she like retweeted and quoted it and stuff. And I was just like, like st- something like that is just like, so wild. Like, like who would have thought, you know? Yeah. You're like, I never thought I'd be in this situation at all. 
yeah it's just like how did i get here like how is this my life like it's insane that's incredible i didn't even mickey james and alley catch i must i have needed to find that yeah it was at uh joey janela's spring break last year in uh dallas okay so i told you how i was new to gcw because of the fight plus i am yes watching them um from as far back as i could go it was like 2018 mm-hmm. or something so i'm in 2021 right. now i'm in uh, the collective of 2021. I'm actually at uh, okay. RSP Spring Break. Oh, okay, all right. From uh, <laughs> like Tampa, uh, one year, or... one yeah. year away. Hey, so uh, when when another thing when I was doing the production, the video production stuff, um, there was a moment I didn't do it for very long, but there was a moment where one of the wrestlers, Mr. Primetime, climbed up on the balcony and he dove onto the wrestler in the ring. And it was this huge, surreal moment. And when the show was over, you know, everybody cleared out. They cleaned the place up. We were up in this production room, and we were putting cameras and wires and whatever away. And Mr. Primetime comes into the room, and he goes, I want to see my jump. And we all just gathered around, and we played it, and we watched it with him. And that was one of my best moments I've ever had. Do you have moments like that where uh, somebody does something, and then they want to watch it as soon as the show's over, and you watch it with them? Um, usually it's the other way around where I get so excited that I'm, <laughs> that I want to show, show something. <laughs> yeah. So like, I remember, uh, recently at a DPW show in North Carolina, um, above the rest, Tristan Ty and Gabe Sky, they have like one of my favorite tag finishes going right now. It's kind of like a monkey flip into a knee, okay, like a running knee. And if you could imagine it, and I caught it really good at the show and I'm like, yo, you guys got to see this. And they were like, you know. <laughs> popping crazy when i showed it to them and uh same thing last year at um uh gcw fight club where they did where they ran uh mox engage two outside on the pier um they also had it was a uh, rena and drew parker versus matt tremont and alex cologne i believe and rena did like a splash off the top to tremont like with tubes on top of them oh, and wow. i had it and i like went up to her because Rena's like my favorite wrestler and she's uh but she only speaks like so much English so I just uh but she knows who I am and she I went up to her and I just kind of showed her the splash in slow motion and like you know same thing you know like she was so excited too and um, uh it, it, it mostly happens more so with uh promos like if oh, I shoot okay. uh backstage pre and post promos like they're just like you mind if I see how that came out real quick more some people are just like oh I trust you or that felt good but some people like really just want to like you know let me see how that came out. Yeah, they want to watch it back to maybe say maybe do another take or something. Yeah, if they, if they feel like they didn't hit on something right or something. Yeah, I can see that because promos are very important, especially because you're trying to get your point across your point across. So if you if you mess up on something, yeah, you definitely uh, want to redo it or whatever. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, some people have um, not not as much like you know the the clip right away, but more so just like the next time I see them after I put the video out, like they'll see like, yo, that last video, like the way you captured this, like that looks so good. Or, you know, oh, wow. thank you for catching or like, thank you for catching this move. Um, That's exciting you know, too. Like that. Yeah. Um, have you, uh, is there something that you've done maybe by accident that you didn't realize you did? And then somebody was like, Oh, Hey, thank you for doing this. And you're like, started um, incorporating in what you do. That's kind of a um, tough question. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you could elaborate more because I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, 
Like, did you learn this? I guess, did you, did you do some by accident that you, that you just learned and you just started doing it? Um, kind of just, uh, I mean, there have been like state, like I, I could say, I mean, one of like the best answer I can give to that is just like happy accidents while editing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where, where like stuff doesn't happen on purpose and then it's kind of just where it's placed and i'm like oh that works or where it's placed matches with a specific lyric in the song that makes sense and i'm just like oh okay i'm gonna leave that there and go back to it because sometimes i try to do like very linear editing like start from the beginning and go to the end but there might be a certain chunk in the song that i'm like oh i know this is gonna go here and so I'll start there and then I'll go back to the beginning or something like that. But I remember one of the more specific instances of this was last year in Dallas at the first Gringo Locos World on Lucha. In the six-man tag that they had, uh, Ray Horace was doing his signature uh, Tilt a World DDT where he pops up in the air. And he had done it on two people in a row. I don't remember who the two people were, to be honest with you. But I shot it basically the exact same way twice. And I had them both on the timeline. I'm like, I'm probably just going to use one of these. And then uh, the song that I was using was um, the Edamami remix by BB No Money and Rich Brian. And the way, like, I just had them spaced out on the timeline. But the way I had them spaced out, it was like on one, he started the DT. And then it went black and then he came back and it's like he resumed the DDT, but on the other guy. And oh, I was just wow. like, but it looked like seamless, kind of like a magic trick. Like I just kind of like swapped the guy out because it shot like the exact same way, but on two different guys. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep that in. And then, you know, before, like next time I saw a gringo, um, that's actually where I met him. Cause I don't think I knew him like that back then. But next time I saw him, I told him, Hey, I'm Tony D. I'm the one who made the video. And he was like so excited about it. And that was one of the spots uh, you mentioned in particular. And I remember even uh, on the comments, that was like one that was like very talked about. Too. It's only like 14 seconds in the video. So it's like catching you, you know, like right away. That's, that's pretty exciting. That's super cool. How do you um, like pick what songs with what matches and things like that, combinations of those? So a lot of times some well, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but like half maybe half the time the song dictates the video where you know if there's if there's a GCW show or a DPW show and it's like I'm scheduled to be there it's like okay I'm going to be there no matter what I'm going to be shooting no matter what and then I got to figure the song out sometimes I know what the song is going into it like uh, ahead of time uh and I wanted to fit the vibe of the company, but and the show that's going on. But I also like song choice is very important to me, and I like to introduce people to things that they never heard of before, or something that they couldn't imagine being a part of a wrestling video. Because if you look at like a lot of like the old highlight videos from YouTube from you know eight to ten years ago, it's all kind of like you know the same like you know heavy metal or you know punk rock 
or like so like something that you would hear in a SmackDown versus Raw soundtrack. Yeah. So guess, yeah. you know, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes it makes sense. But I like having the creative freedom to do whatever I want with it. And my favorite compliment is when you know, like when people be like, "Oh, great song choice," or "What is this song?" or "Oh my god, I haven't heard this song in years." You know, like, uh, and sometimes I'll know it like way ahead of time and I'm like anticipating what people's reaction will be. So, um, and sometimes it just works out so perfect. Like even just recently, um, one of my favorite videos I've done recently was, uh, the Joey Janela spring break video from LA. And I used the song, um, I like it by Enrique Iglesias and Pitbull. And that song's like, 13 years old and like people remember it from like Jersey shore and like stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's such a weird song to put with a wrestling video, but everything hits in such the right place that you're just like, Oh my God, like I never knew this could work, but now I do. And, yeah. you know, and it plus, you know, it just has the party vibe and spring break and all that. You know, I feel like it meshed well together. And then Joey Janela like, has that Jersey vibe already too. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> Even, even when I was like, I've been, I did a DPW show last April, but I've been full time since November. And even like looking at that catalog, like I used, uh, My Chemical Romance. I used this band called Spice, uh, based out of New York that only has like 30,000 followers on Spotify. I used Tyler the Creator. I've used Primus. I've used, um, this band called Save Face, which is like, um, this emo band from New Jersey that again only has like a few thousand followers, you know, like I like, you know, if it fits, it fits. Like I'll always make it fit, but I love putting people on to just, it's very important that I like it. Like I don't want to just listen to something like sometimes if it has to specifically fit the vibe of the company and it's like, you know, a genre I'm not so familiar with, I'll be like, Hey, what would you like for this? Or what do you think would fit? And then sometimes yeah, I'll right. just kind of, I'll just kind of study right. this They'll song. A specific song or something, right? Yeah. And sometimes I'll just study it and be like, okay, this could go here. That could go there. I could put some hits, you know, drum hits there. Oh, wow. But the, but the, but the real passion projects are the ones that, you know, I get to pick out for myself. And, you know, for example, the, the last two tournament survivals that I've been lucky enough to shoot have all used the same song, which, well, especially because from the first one, I was digging through stuff and I couldn't find a song that was more, you know, grand and fitting from the tournament than the song that I used, which is Survival by Muse. And it's kind of just like a, like a big, like rock opera. And the story behind using that song is like it has heavy elements. It has drum hits. It talks about, you know, survival and stuff like that. And the reason why I even use that in the first place is because the very first wrestling music video that I ever saw was done by Harry Aaron, who is a big inspiration of mine, who also I get the the privilege to work with these days at Limitless Wrestling in Maine and DPW in North Carolina, um, uh, both shooting photography and videography. And he made a video for Beyond Wrestling American Rana 17, and I was at that show. And when I saw, you know, a music video come up on my, uh, you know, YouTube uh, homepage, I was just like, let me check this out. And then 
I was so blown away that, you know, something like this could exist. Like that was basically like, like it's still one of my favorite videos, like on YouTube, probably of all time. And that was the song that he used for that video back in the summer of 2017. And it was pretty, it was pretty much after that video that I saw that I was just like, I can do that. You know, like I want to do that. Like if this is a thing in wrestling, like this is what I want to do with my degree, you know, like at least to start out. And, uh, you know, over the years I've gotten to work with him and, you know, he's been a mentor to me in many ways. And, uh, you know, to, you know, he likes my work. So like, that means a lot to me when the people I looked up to can, you know, say that they like my work or that they, they're at least aware of it. And, um, so while I love using it for the tournament of survivals and, um, it's very fitting, you know, whenever I do use that, which has been twice now, two years in a row, it's always like a, a little tribute to him as well. That's awesome. I, you know, I think I might be aging myself here, but I think my first wrestling music video was Tell Me a Lie uh, when Shawn Michaels got the post-concussion syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know. <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of, like, that from back in the day, um, my one of my, like, biggest challenges uh, projects was the second time that GCW came to Providence, which was last November. Um and I think Aura was the show, uh, but the main event was Speedball versus Gresham, and I think that was the second time they faced wow. each other. Wow, you know what's and, crazy uh, is they're doing stuff in like Impact, you know now those guys. Yeah, dude, like they faced each other like three times in GCW, and then they brought it over to Impact, and it's like it's good that a wider audience can get to see this on like you know television because they're genuinely like two of the best. Absolutely. In the world. And you know, I'm going to stop you for a quick second. Um, watching the old GCW shows, like from like 2018, 2019. And then I see Orange Cassidy coming out on AEW TV. I'm just so happy for him because, you know, he's in these, you know, these rowdy little crowds and now he's in front of these huge arenas. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, same thing with Jungle Boy. That's the first yeah, time I saw him. Was that, uh... And MJF, really. Yeah. I mean, that's the around there is the first time I saw a lot of those guys. It's crazy yeah. to know that like I saw them in front of like, you know, 50 people in a bar and now they're you know selling out arenas it's insane all right anyways i'm sorry uh, go on (laughs) no you're good um so i lost my train of thought what was i talking about uh about uh uh jonathan jonathan grisham and um speedball mike bailey yeah so at that show because it took place in november um you know speaking of like old school and like tributes and stuff i wanted to use uh november rain for the music okay, video yeah. and honor the old ECW November to remember videos. But I was thinking to myself, like in this day and age, do people, I wanted to use the whole song. So I'm like in this day and age, do people have the attention span to pay attention to a nine minute music video? Oh, and interesting. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to use the whole song. I'm going to do what I can to like keep people engaged and all that stuff. And um, so I did. And I mixed you know, match footage, uh, in-ring promos, uh, you know, the slow parts, the fast parts, and uh, I ended up making it work, and it still got, you know, a few thousand views on it, because I'm like, this isn't going to do anything. Basically, my standard is just, like, if it hits a thousand, like, it might be, like, a little low, but it's, like, if it hits a thousand views, then it's a success. And so, like, at the time, like, it hit, like, a like a few thousand, I don't remember how many exactly I'd have to go back and look, but it did, 
you know, more successful than I wanted it or expected it to. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that that ended up working out, you know, for the people that actually, you know, stuck around to watch, you know, the full yeah. eight, nine minute video or whatever it was. And it was cool that like, you know, it, I got to check it off my bucket list. Cause in general, you know, that song is one of my favorite songs of all time too. And, That's you know, cool. despite being so long, it's kind of like, you can't really cut anything out of it. So. And then I like how you said it was kind of a tribute to ECW as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Like, I feel like um, everything you do, like, there's a reason for it. And you don't do something just to do it. Like, you don't just pick a song just to pick it. You know, every song kind of speaks to you that you use. And I I really like that that aspect of it because it means you care about what you're doing. Right. The the best videos and projects that come out of me are always like, you know, the passion projects, the ones that I care about a lot. One of my favorite videos is one of my most simplistic ones. And it's uh, from GCW uh at hammerstein ballroom last january um so i uh most of my shots came from the balcony because there was so many people covering that show that you know of of that you know grandeur and i was still kind of getting i was involved with gcw but i was still kind of like getting my feet wet in terms of like getting on the good side of the rest of the, like the video production guys, I guess you could say. So there was already enough people covering ringside. So they were basically just looking for other areas that, you know, I could be put to use. So they said, what about the balcony? You know, like you need those wide shots, like nobody's getting the balcony. And I'm like, okay, you know, sure. Why not? And at first I was a little, you know, bummed by it. Cause it's like ringside's my thing. And I wanted to be in that atmosphere. But then by the time I was done, I'm like, holy shit, like this looks great. When MLJ was doing the, you know, five, four, three, two, one countdown. You know, I got this nice pan of the whole ballroom left to right of, you know, going nuts and chanting GCW at the start of the show. And um, I ended up putting together like a, it's probably just like a two minute video. And rather than setting it to just any old song, it was just like, uh, like a very emotional like hey we're here we did it you know type of like uh song that up until then it was probably like the most emotional video that i'd ever made and that was basically everyone's response was just like you know you know this made me cry you brought me right back into you know that night and you know, i love when people tell me that too the, the emotional comments are always my favorite um when people are like this made me cry or you know this brought me back to the place like nobody's footage you know puts me back in that feeling you know than yours and you know stuff like that that's awesome that's incredible yeah for sure i don't know if you've ever seen that video but i could definitely like send it to you, if you like. i don't think i have yeah i would definitely uh, i would definitely like to take a look at that it sounds fun yeah my uh my youtube has like uh you know all oh, this check that you know, out. Back, back catalog too i believe my youtube is in my bio so if you like go to that, you can go just like how you're doing on Fight Plus. You can basically go back and see, you know, all the old everything stuff. up until I'll go up until it. this point. I'll go watch it and, and um at the same time in conjunction to conju- I don't know I can't think of words, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. I'll go check them out. Especially I'll see like what I'm watching currently and what what you have from that time frame when when that time comes to when I get to uh to that time. I'm excited about that too. Um, yeah, exactly. Hey, so if if somebody if somebody didn't know your work. And you were trying to oppress them, but you can only show them one piece of work. What would that be? 
it would it would be what I, I would probably say one of two things. It would probably be the one of one of the tournament and survival videos be because I mean, if you asked me this, you know, a couple months ago, I would have said, you know, maybe TOS seven, but now that eight just happened, <laughs> I might say eight. But uh that one and then one that's a personal favorite of mine that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough as much is Fight Club Night Two. Because I remember I came, I, I, I knew I had to do it. I had come home from a night of work on like a Friday or Saturday and I immediately got to that. And usually I like to break the editing up into like days, you know, looking at the footage, clipping it out, setting it to the music, putting the effects on it. But I just kind of did one straight run through top to bottom of uh that video like just sitting in my living room working on the whole thing because it's like once i got going i was just like all right i'm just gonna keep going i can't stop and um the song that i used for that one was um 1983 by a rapper named will darky and that but it's kind of like on the heavy side like it's kind of like i don't know what you would call it you know like rap rock type of thing but it's just like it featured you know like quick hits, high flying, death match, um, you know, like it, it gets you pumped, it gets you hyped. You know, you see, you know, you see, like any kind of variety of style. Like it was basically when I was done with that video, I'm like, this video is GCW in a nutshell, and it did good. You know, a lot of people like they loved it. Great numbers like a typical video, but it's not usually one that I feel like people would pick out as far as like, this is one of your best videos. But to me personally, I think it was one of my best videos just because like if, if somebody was basically, like you said, if somebody never heard of GCW and they were like, um, Oh, let me see what they're all about. I would show them that one, especially since it's not, you know, sometimes I do like to tell stories within my videos so that they run a little longer. That one I think is like, three something maybe four minutes compared to like a TOS eight, which is, you know, pushing on like, you know, seven or eight or something like that. So. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I think if somebody never heard of GCW and I wanted to, to show them some fun, I would show them the Nick Wayne Osprey match. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, that's sure. a good representation of just the action that they have there. Unless yeah. they want to see death match. Then I can think of a few other really cool ones too um it's funny that you mentioned fight club my wife and i do another podcast where we get baked and watch wrestling and, and just kind of comments <laughs> on it and stuff nice. uh the next episode that's going to come out though is actually effie uh versus matt cardona from fight club oh wow oh yeah. so that was uh it was from... 19 i think 2019 was it i don't know when it was i think it, I it was date. it was the first one so 2021 it probably was yeah Probably. Yeah. I have it here. I can so, look it up, but. Yeah. So the first one that was in the carousel room, um, RIP to the carousel room and no longer exists, but yeah, I agree. They, RIP to the carousel room. But that was, uh, that's where they ran Mox Engage the first time to, I'm pretty sure it had to be a record selling out crowd. And, uh, I think it was for the internet championship too. Mm, yeah. It was October and, 9th, 21. Yeah. 
And then the following year, they ended up running Mox Gauge 2, but that one was outside on the pier. And then night two was back in the carousel room. But they, uh, I remember they, they still had two shows back in 2021, but the second one was going by a different name. And then uh, I think it was Aftermath. But this, uh, the following year, was just Fight Club Night 1 and Fight Club Night 2. So, oh, that the was first a good time one. they didn't call the second one Night 2. Yeah, it was just a completely separate show. But that one was a good one as a as a show and that match in particular. Yeah, it was a fun match. It was a fun match. It was definitely good. Uh, I, I want to watch one of the peers though because that sounds really fun too. I love uh I love I really like the GCW pandemic uh shows just because I really like the outdoor aesthetic for wrestling and I feel like a lot of them used it really well. Like they were in Indianapolis, I think it was, and there was like a like a river. Or something, and somebody got thrown in the yeah, river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, I love stuff like that. The uh, that's why you know I knew it was going to be cold because it was in October when they did Mox Gauge Two, but I was just excited because it was the first time that they were back on the pier in like two or three years. I think it was mostly so they could fit more people, mm, if I'm not okay. mistaken. But um, yeah, those summer shows on the pier was just like so nice because. You know, the way the sun hits the whole thing and right by the water and you can see the, uh, you know, the boardwalk in the background with the, uh, uh, like the Ferris wheel and like stuff like that. And, um, it was just a great atmosphere. You know, I just love, uh, I love outdoor shows when they can work right. And those, uh, 2020 pandemic shows, whether it was, um, you know, the first homecoming or, uh, TOS or the Nick Gage invitational on the sand lot. Yeah, um, yeah. They those, have the tarps down on the sand. That was crazy. Yeah, those are both. Uh, I mean, that whole year was just full of insane memories. Yeah, they really did make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit with the whole pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. That's cool, man. That's cool. Hey, do you, I know uh, as a as a you know in your line of work, uh, you have a lot of million projects all happening at the same time. Uh, but is there anything you have coming up that you're excited about that you can talk about? Um, not in particular. I mean, I just have, uh, you know, a long list of, uh, you know, like personal projects that I, uh, plan on doing like, uh, just within the last three days, I've kind of just been, you know, going crazy. I mean, I've kind of, uh, you know, just to finally, you know, get to them, but also to try and, uh, you know, keep my mind busy and distracted, like, uh, a few days ago, I dropped um, a Violence is Forever video for Kevin Koo and Dominic Greeny um, from their tag title run in DPW. Okay. Uh, it was like a couple of minutes. I did one for Charlie Evans a couple of days ago that dropped. And then just today, I dropped one for Blake Christian. Oh, uh, I got to see because... that. He's one of my, my mine and my wife's favorites, Blake Christian. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. His... his uh, his heel work lately has been, uh, Oh, it's so good. It's, 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 it's been something. I mean, like, you know, he, he, he does it well, you know, I mean, you saw, you saw the end of, uh, cage of survival, you know, you saw the trash and yeah. You know, all that, no, you he's, know. he's been doing such a good job as being an asshole. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> we were watching, we were watching a ring of honor, um, you know, when, when they first kicked off on, uh, 
on their their new era, whatever. And right. my wife, because you know she doesn't really understand wrestling as much as I do, and she goes, mm. "Why is he acting like that? Why is Blake acting like that?" <laughs> I go, "Like what?" And she goes, "Like nice." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah uh, I I I noticed that too. Where it's like uh, you know I don't I don't watch Ring of Honor on like a on a regular basis, but I have you know caught some. Uh, clips here and there and i can tell by like you know some of the matchups they put together i'm like oh they're he's he's like this oh yeah but, he's a white you know, baby I, face I, in ring of honor yeah. absolutely yeah he's yeah. over here in gcw going i hate all of you and then you turn ring of honor he's like i hope we all have a nice day today yeah right it's cool the, though, it's, the... it shows his uh it shows his range exactly exactly and you gotta have that uh to be successful i feel like but um, the that was another reason, like for that video in uh, particular. The reason why I did that is because um, one of my favorite bands, Tsunami, they just released a a new LP like a week or two ago. And one of the before I even listened to it, one of the songs on the track list was called No Heart, and you know his gimmick is all heart. But you know a lot of people have been like at the shows uh, since uh, since he turned. A lot of people will go back and forth. Chain like all heart, no heart, all oh, heart, okay. no heart. Like, I haven't picked that up. I haven't, picked the, I haven't yeah. picked up the no heart, but I'll look for that. Yeah. So sometimes people uh, chant that back and forth, and so when I saw that, I'm like, I'm probably gonna use this for something. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely using this for something. And it's a short, like the song is only like 53 seconds long, and then the video I made is only like a minute 19 altogether, but it's just very fast paced, you know, just you know, action and just like all of Blake basically being a big ass dickhead. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an easy watch. It's on my, uh, Twitter. You'll find it probably like right at the top. It's called No Heart and it's, uh, yeah, features, you know, him winning the title and all that stuff. And that was, that's, that's just one of those examples of like, you know, I hear a song. I'm like, who would this be good for? I find it and I'm like, all right, let me get to work on it. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. You just kind of like, you feel the song and then you just picture uh, the action behind it and you just, you just kind of put it together. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, Hey, what's in your future? Do you, do you have any uh, future goals? What are, what goals have you, uh, that you have that like, maybe you haven't done yet. Maybe wrestlers you want to work with, maybe um, companies you haven't filmed. Um, so there's, there's places that I like within the States, there's places that I would definitely like to do some work for or more work for, but it's, you know, just kind of tough just because like they might already have my role covered right. or, they you know, they are, they are, or they already have enough people on their team, but you know, just, uh, just seeing what everyone's doing lately. Like I love, um, what they're doing at pro wrestling revolver. I would love to get the opportunity to do something over there in the Midwest uh, something like a uh, uh, Prestige or West Coast Pro over uh, in the West Coast. Um, and then more stuff in Texas. Every time I've gone to Texas, I've had a great time, uh, whether that be Dallas, San Antonio. Um, I, I, there was a third one, I swear, but I forget. <laughs> but uh, yeah, every, Austin, every every time I've Austin, maybe, maybe or Houston, something like that. But every time I've every time every time I've gone to Texas, it's always been a good time. And so, like any excuse I get to go back to Texas, I'll take. Um, That's awesome. But and then, of course, you know, like 
AW, I know a few people on the team over there, like, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Giancarlo and Pro Wrestling Cinema, Jeremy Tapes, you know, like, I love all those guys. Those are, especially working in GCW, uh, Cinema and Giancarlo are two big um, inspirations and help, have have helped me uh, continue doing what I'm doing and want to get better and want to push to the point where I can, you know, get on that team and that level, um, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to travel full time with them. And then as far as out of the country, I mean, I would love to just do, you know, shoot wrestling like everywhere. Like I would love to shoot in Canada. I would love to shoot in Germany. I would love to shoot, you know, just in the, in England, in Australia, um, top of that list would probably be Japan. I feel like there's that so many sense. opportunities yeah. in Japan. Um, when I, I mean, just when it comes to, and I'm not even talking like, you know, like new Japan, you know, like there's so much going on over there. Uh, you know, when it comes to deathmatch, I would love to work with freedoms. A lot of times when they, a lot of times when they book, you know, like when they book people like Rina or Toru or, um, even, uh, Harada, like uh, the last time, like for TOS, you know, they were all coming out of there you know, a uh, big fan of Drew Parker, like Valento Jack, June Kasai, Takeda, you know, like all them. I would love to do something with them over there. And then through DPW, they've brought in a lot of people from Japan over to North Carolina. So like I've gotten to work with the likes of like best bros, like Belian Aki and May Saruga or Emi Sakura or Jungle Kiona, um, um, Yuki Takase and like people like that. And I'm thinking like, you know, it's so crazy that I'm like building these connections and like consistently working with these people to the point where if I, you know, was lucky enough to take a flight from Massachusetts over to Japan, you know, like these people would know me and recognize me and, you know, know me from my work. And it's like, yeah. again one of those just like you know what is my life you know type of moments right, but, yeah, that's incredible. yeah whether it's you know freedoms got to move chaco pro you know any anything like that i would love to have the opportunity to go to japan my biggest fear and it's not really the worst kind of fear to have but <laughs> i'm so confident in how much i would love it over there that i would fear that i wouldn't come back and i've told that to my parents <laughs> yeah. and, you want to stay I've, there I've, yeah, I've told that to my parents and my mom gets nervous whenever I say something like that. But I'm just like, you know, it's, it just looked like, you know, everything, you know, from the wrestling to just the overall culture, like it just, it's always something that's intrigued me. I do agree. A lot of, you know, I don't know much about Japan. I just mainly know about it from like the wrestlers that go there and talk about it and stuff. But it does seem like a very super cool culture, fun place to live. So yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be fun to check it out anyway. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Absolutely. At least, at least once I need to, you know, go over there. Yeah. You know, even if I don't live there, you know, if I could work there at least once or on a, you know, by regular basis. Yeah. And I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. You know, you're, you're still kind of young in your career. You're still, you know, rise. You're on the rise. You know, you started off, like you said, locally. And then now you're doing the GCW stuff and you know the people in the AEW. And so, well, you know, it's only a matter of time for you. Just like, just like we talked about in the beginning, uh, Billy Starks and Nick Wayne. Right. I mean, even just like, it's crazy, like, who remembers you? Because you never really know if somebody's going to, you know, oh, yeah. Big League oh, yeah. you or act like, you know, or something like that. 
know. But uh, I remember even, um, you know, uh, recently I bumped into, I forget where it is. Um, there was like somewhere during WrestleMania weekend in Dallas, um, you know, cause everyone was just like roaming around and I saw, uh, Carmelo Hayes, who at the time I think was the North American champion or just won the North American championship. And he was, oh, nice. uh, you know, I, and I, and I knew him as Christian Casanova back when he wrestled on the Indies predominantly in, you know, the Northeast in Massachusetts. Cause you know, that's where he was based out of. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and so I shot him back at like places like limitless or beyond wrestling and stuff like that. And so like when I uh, saw him, he was just like, Hey, what's up, Tony? And I'm just like, you know, everyone's crowding him, but like, he still had the time to, you know, like pick me out and be like, Hey, what's up, Tony? And I'm just like, you know, you got like, you, you've probably met so many people between like then and now. And it's like, you know, you still recognize my face and you still know my name. Like I don't talk to him on a regular basis like that, but you know, I got to shoot him once or twice a month for a few months or a year or two. And, you know, even like him remembering like, like the little guys like me at the time, like, you know, that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, that is really cool. And look where he is now. Yep, exactly. You know, NXT champion. And it's funny because, you know, I look at the NXT roster and I go, oh, I can't really see a lot of these guys in the mix on the main roster, but he is definitely one of them that I can. So, yeah, he's got a future ahead of him. Oh, 100%. He's going he's gonna to be one of their uh, – one of their mainstays for a long time absolutely absolutely cool man well thank you so much for joining me it's been super fun talking to you and getting to know behind the scenes a little bit absolutely man thank you so much for having me i appreciate you having me yeah i I just i was just seeing your name everywhere and i was like you know what i gotta talk to this guy i gotta get to know him a little bit better i love it i appreciate that man and uh you know i hope you keep uh supporting me and you know watching my stuff and uh Hell yeah. You know, keep, I will definitely, out. I'll even, I'll look for it now. You know, before I was just kind of, if I right. came across, I would watch it, but now I'll seek it out and I'll look for it. I'm definitely going to look for that Blake Christian uh, video. Oh, we're, uh, tell us where we can find all that fun stuff in your social media. So I am at DJ underscore Tony underscore D on both Twitter and Instagram. And my YouTube is in the bio of both my Twitter and my Instagram. But if you were to, I think it's, it would be youtube.com slash at DJ underscore Tony underscore D. I don't know why the ad is there, but it is. Yeah, the Instagram, or if you know, just, the YouTube URLs are weird though. Yeah. So uh, I just, I just make it easier by putting it in the bio so that people yeah. don't have to look for it. But yeah, that's where you can find. That's what, uh, that's what Linktree is for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's where you can find all my stuff. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. Have a a great day. Thank you, man. You as well.